Okay. Uh, and we're live. And, uh, or wait. I'm sorry. We're live on the wrong screen. <laughs> I swear to God, I, I, I. We're live somewhere. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. I, I feel like it's every day. There we go. Every day. I, um, I, I check everything and there's always one thing that I miss. So I'm really sorry about that, but we are live. <laughs> it is fixed. And, uh, we have a lot to, to go over today. So, um, well, the lore card's short, so I won't interfere too much. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot to go over because I feel like there's a lot of things like uh, the, the connections that you wanted to bring up as as you were talking about uh, previously playing Halo and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so just... Uh, <laughs> sorry that, that always throws me off so this week uh welcome uh, hello welcome loose cannon we're live we're talking about um cryptolits we're kind of jumping back to uh season of the hunt or with the lore book call of the cryptolith yep and uh we're doing that because uh, do you do you think we're going to be seeing some ziva next season i i don't see why not i mean yeah. i think that you know as a lesser to savathun who I perceive it as a bigger threat. Why wouldn't we have something to do with Zivu before? Mm-hmm. You know, like, cause if she's the grand puppet master or mm-hmm. what people make her out to be, then I mean, you'd, you'd probably fight, you know, level two boss on the way to big boss. <laughs> well, see, I don't even think that we're going to fight Zivu next season. Cause I think that'd be a little wasteful of the character. I mean, potentially, I, so. I mean, I don't, if they if they were to do like a really good dungeon, then that could be awesome. But yeah. I mean, um, I just think you know because you have season of the hunt and season of the hunt was like almost entirely Zivu, and then you have season of the chosen. It's so weird though. We got season of the hunt how long ago? Uh, uh six six months, uh, almost nine months ago. Yeah, so I mean, long enough to have a baby. Hunt baby. <laughs> <laughs> They planted the seed, and so now the baby. Oh. <laughs> he just had to do that, but yeah, um, because you know we had Zivu there, and then in season of the chosen, we had some more Zivu where uh, she she was the one. She was the one that um, did the thing. What's the planet name? Which planet? Uh, Torah bottle. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was the one on Torah bottle who like who who messed them all up and stuff and sent the cabal coming to us. So that's how we got Keitel in our system. That was Zivu Arath, and even yeah. though it was Zivu Arath, it was Savathun messing things behind the scenes. Yeah, and in, you know, season. I guess we first... learned. So we, but didn't it seem backwards though? Because like, it's funny that we learned about. Who who was responsible for? Because that was season of the chosen. Yeah, when we learned that. Yeah, it's and, almost and I, backwards. 
Well, that's what I mean. Like this whole year, this whole year of seasons, Hunt, Chosen, Splicer, and whatever is coming next is supposed to be a year of dominoes being set up by Sabathun, and we're going to see them fall. And so yeah. when you when when that first domino is Zebo Arath, it's kind of like okay, so she's integral. And then the second domino is Zebo Arath, but not against us. And then the third domino is Quoria, I suppose, in a, in a sense, if you were to like try to locate the, the the big bad so i think the fourth one i think we're gonna see more zivu and if not in the next season i think in the uh the witch queen where de- it's either next season we're gonna see more zivu or witch queen we're 100 percent taking zivu on in my opinion okay yeah and they could drag it out for another like two more seasons well i think personally i honestly think that the witch queen raid savathun is gonna pull the switcheroo and we're gonna go into this raid thinking we're fighting savathun and then it's gonna be like oh shit why is zivu here because savathun was doing the same thing to zivu and zivu's all like i'm coming in to fight my sister and and kill my sister and then we just walk in on the same room yeah that's pretty cool you know i think that's i think that's what it's gonna ultimately be and so I wanted to talk about uh, the cryptoliths because I feel like season of the hunt kind of blew over and everyone was just like it did, and it was a sleeper season, and there was so much lore to unpack. And mm-hmm. the funny thing is, is when we were reading it, we were glossing over a lot of it. Yeah, there's a oh lot my of god, there's crap. so many, so many hints to future seasons in these in these lore entries, and I'm like, it's so odd. They like told us what was going to happen next. Yeah, what in the hell? Yeah. They're really good with that. They're really good with with uh like lying to your face. Yeah, I think what's funny is you know we get so wrapped up in the meat and potatoes of what's happening that we forget. Hey, man, there's a lot of peas on this plate, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. You know, it's a bad analogy, but I'm just saying like there's a lot that was sitting there right yeah. under the current. You just you you gloss over it because you're thinking, oh, okay, this is important. I got to know this story. And so while you learn the story, you're missing everything they're telling you about what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. <coughs> okay. So uh, before we get into that, how about we go over uh, the lore card this week? Yep. Sound good? Right, and I'm going to put that on screen. Sounds oh. good. Okay. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute but- for a second while you start that. Or, uh, it was a myself. short one this week. It was <laughs> short, but um, basically we had we had some issues where some some pretty not so great things happened, and so I just kind of wanted to call out an old lore card because it was a nice little Easter egg, um, and so you know there's a lot of bad stuff that's happened out in the game industry that we've learned about and. And uh, I just kind of wanted to harken back to some of the things that, you know, we find in the game from time to time. But if you're familiar with um, the Activision drama and what's happening, uh, some pretty bad news came out about some issues over there with frat boy culture and the state of California is suing them uh, over it and which it needs to happen i mean we need to eradicate this type of behavior from the game industry definitely no doubt i'm so So, sorry i had to step away for that moment to come in on the end of that uh (laughs) hearing exactly what you said i don't need to hear anything else absolutely like that goes without saying i'm 
Thank you for, for bringing that up. In fact. Yeah. I just, I feel like, you know, um, for years, you know, there, there have been things that have happened that, that are unacceptable. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be living in an era where people call out things instantly. Yeah. Uh, as soon as they recognize hate <laughs> or anything that's, that's, you know, of this type of nature. So yeah. Anyway, that being said, it just reminded me of a few little things. And one of the items that we had in Destiny was very much tied to uh, another game. Because <laughs> Destiny likes to put in uh, little, you know, Easter eggs. And unfortunately, this other game was tied to a studio that has been in some, you know, pretty controversial stuff right now. And it's Overwatch. So there's a game called Overwatch. And if you're not familiar with it, um, you know, it's kind of like a PVP all game, only game, whatever, mostly mm -hmm. game. And it, it actually was really fun uh, for a while for me anyway. I don't play it much anymore or at all. Um, but we have a grenade launcher in Destiny called Play of the Game. And the gr grenade launcher is a reference to Overwatch. Mm -hmm. um, play of the Game is uh, something that happens in overwatch it it's uh it's a play of the game it's a feature that ends in every match showing the player who took the action which was the play of the game action um originally this was impossible to do as a character in that game named mercy <laughs> um later it it became very rare uh you had to like go in as you know all mercies or something like that it was always the uh, the turret dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forget that guy's name. Um. Anyway, the grenade launcher, the flavor text says "show no mercy," so it's a play of the game grenade launcher with a flavor text that says "show no mercy" from the Crucible. <laughs> mm -hmm. So if you get it, basically what they're saying is, um, you know you. You, the play of the game shows no mercy because that character is a healer and it's very hard to get a play of the game as a healer mm. in the game. Um, and I think, I think I've seen some other people out there say that they've never even seen it happen or they've only seen it like maybe once or twice in however many years overwatch has been out. So that just goes to show you uh, how funny that is you know, and what the reference is talking about. But yeah, so Activision was a very much a part of Destiny for a little while. Um, yeah. <clears throat> we all know that. And then Destiny, you know, or Bungie um, broke off from them. And so I thought it was kind of neat. And I just wanted to point that out there, kind of little give a little point to um, play the game. Because in times like this, show no mercy. Yeah. Just show That's, no mercy. That is a, that is a good double-edged sword on them. So that was it. All right. Uh, I turn this one. Man, I feel like I'm just all okay. Yeah. Um, my buttons are all messed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. I got it. Like a master control panel with all your yeah. Buttons. Everything is like I feel like everything. Um. Everything this I updated OBS and now everything's all screwed up. I had a little pop up saying that 
some of my files were now missing and these actions uh these actions uh don't exist anymore and i was just like whatever they're they're not getting used that uh remember that technical difficulties thing i pitched yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's not even a, a possibility like i had music queued up for that but that's not a thing that we can do anymore okay i think, I think about all your buttons that you're uh <laughs> i just have my stream deck and i'm just they all have nice little names and pictures but they still just don't fucking work <laughs> Uh, I can almost hear the Star Trek noises, you know, in the background on the whatever deck. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so that one's gone. I did not get a good picture of a cryptolith, and that is sad. But so, what I did get was the image from Ishtar. So this is the cover of the book, which basically shows like a stylized picture of a cryptolith. Yeah, and so later on, in the in the the notes I have, uh, actually technically earlier on, because so the book covers uh, f- a fallen uh, uh, scavenger team that uh, Spider owns, and so they go out and they find a cryptolith, and it does what the cryptolith does to them and converts them to Wrathborn over time, I assume. And uh, but before the book even came out, we had Emelin Part Two, which is Osiris witnessing basically the same thing happen to a group of Cabal, and it was a group of Keitel's Cabal, and that's the thing. Yeah. Keitel sent a a team of her Cabal in Season of the Hunt. Here we knew about it. You name dropped Keitel, and didn't I was like, how did we miss it? Occur to me. Wow. But so. Basically, Osiris and Imolent Part Two. He sees a cryptolith, and at the top of the cryptolith, it was said to have the sigil of Zivurath. And we've never seen her her sigil. We have Crota, we have Oryx, we potentially have Savathun because she seems to have seven sigils. And or- Oryx had a second sigil on his dreadnought as well, which was like kind of like a ring, almost like this. What I'm pointing out here. Uh, almost like this, but it was full. I thought that would uh, uh, symbolize the fundament, not Oryx himself. But so we have this one where it kind of has these like, almost like, you know, those like moon bladey looks to it. You know, it just looks like a weapon. It looks like okay. it looks like a fancy weapon, like a fancy sword coming out on the edge. And so I think this might this like crescent shape might actually be Zivu's symbol. So if we ever do see Zivu herself, maybe she'll have something like this around her. And I I thought that was pretty neat. So I had that image ready. (laughs) We'll close that one. And uh, so in Season of the Hunt, we use a cryptolith lure to lure out the Wrathborn to a cryptolith. I don't know how this works. <laughs> it just cuz like you put in these like little things here and it summons the wrathborn. I guess the green one actually does the summoning. I don't know if these spikes are important or what the hell they actually do, but this is what we use to summon the wrathborn. And uh so the cryptolith as we've seen it, it kind of has this like almost almost plant-like structure to it 
And so we 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 call a similar uh, reference to what we saw in season chosen on aboard the the uh, the glycon. So we have these like plant like structures. And before before the show, uh, Rhino and I were talking, and he mentioned you were you you mentioned uh, you were playing replaying Halo, right? Yeah. And so I tried to find something good that like looked similar to the the presage, uh, the glycon lichen, and yeah. I thought this was pretty good because these things have like the sensory appendages coming out, and it looks almost identical to these to these tendrils that are here. You know, it's like it's like. Oh, did you put the image up? I don't see it. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I have the human warrior form and the infection form, which is like a little. Yeah gross little leech i'm not seeing it on here but yeah Which... no is it not god <laughs> i'm sorry everybody i was running through images that weren't coming up so some of those are gone now i i, I closed them out i had a fish for them so this is it see my my i gotta i gotta reconfigure all my things yeah, there we go. So, oh yeah, absolutely. these tendrilly bits, these tendrilly bits, uh-huh. very similar. Uh, did you want to talk about that? Yeah. So, if you're familiar with Halo, um, there is there's an ultimate threat to the universe, and it's called the Flood. Um, the Flood very much is the uh, biggest, baddest baddie of them all. In fact, the reason the entire universe of Halo exists is because of the threat of the flood. Um, so, not really diving in too much into the story, you know, of Halo, but the flood works somewhat like oh, it's like a infectious form that can take over any living creature or sentient being. Uh, well, living creature, and turn them into a blood form or infected form of themselves. And then they are controlled by one mind called the grave mind, which could be a part of a bunch of other minds. Well, anyway, the it's like zombies. You know, you, if you're familiar with zombies, you know zombies eat brains, zombies can infect humans and then humans can turn into zombies and then so on and so on until everybody's a zombie. Well, the same thing happens with the flood. So the flood basically causes you to turn into this infection form and you become this like zombie that's a part of a collective mind. <laughs> and so in Halo, the um, future people, right, which are called the forerunners, uh, the ones that basically created or decided what sentient beings were going to uh, be allowed to live, were th- they were even uh, scared of the flood. So they basically created the the ark, which was a way to save all of the creatures that they felt they needed to save, uh, and they set up this huge infrastructure to um, to do that. And then they created the halo rings as a way to destroy all sentient life throughout the galaxy and it was basically a huge weapon and so it just annihilates all sentient life so that they can um, rebuild 
after the flood is ultimately defeated. So the the reason why they created the Halo rings was to destroy the flood and anything else that was infected by the flood. And then they saved as many uh, sentient beings as they could, which here we go. You know, that's Halo after that. So hmm. the flood had those little appendages and that's kind of like their like antenna and whatnot, but it's also a way for them to uh, infect humans, Marines, elites, whatever, whatever, you know, race of enemy there is, they can do it all. Right. So if you're not, you know, if you get infected, you can infect someone else, yada, yada, yada. But the cool thing about the flood (laughs) is they, they break off into these little bitty forms and those little forms can run around and infect things. And then they create bigger forms until ultimately they start making another, um, a bigger form, which can make more of those little forms. And so mm-hmm. when you're in the battlefield, if you're fighting them, uh, anything that dies like Marines, elites, whatever brutes, when they die in the battlefield, these infection forms can go and reanimate them. And now you're fighting the flood all of a sudden. So could you imagine if that was in destiny? Uh, yeah, (laughs) that would, that would be not great. (laughs) No, it would not be great. It would be the end all be all. I mean, it would just, it would ruin everything. Right. But so we bring that up because, um, destiny and halo, they're separate universes, but there's a lot of crossover in game. Um, Mm -hmm. Talked about it. You know, people love to bring up, all the references to each other. Uh, Halo even does it too, but it's not, it's not so, it's very, very subtle. Um, if you don't know, Bungie and 343 are all basically at the root, still the same people. Um, 343 and Bungie are two different studios, but it used to all just be Bungie. Uh, so back when Bungie and Microsoft were partnered together, they all worked together on Halo. And so Bungie oh, really? made all I didn't that. know that. So Bungie made all the Halo games and they were teamed up with Microsoft and they wanted to do something else. Mm -hmm. They wanted to have control of their own, you know, game as Bungie would do naturally. So whatever decisions or whatever made that made them make that decision, um, they broke up. Right. So they created Destiny. Uh, They ended their contract with Microsoft by creating the last game, which was called Halo Reach, which is my favorite game. Uh, Bungie's Halo Reach is very much, if you played Halo Reach, it's very much the um, like the infrastructure as to what Destiny ended up becoming because Halo Reach introduced a lot of things that Destiny pretty much took as a, as a skeleton. Hmm. Um, you had abilities, you had loadouts, you had these you know, specials, stuff like that. Stuff that we had never seen before, even though Halo Reach was basically a precursor to all the other Halo games. It was like a go-back-in-time game, right? Um, Because it was about the fall of Reach, which happened before the invasion of Halo. Anyway, in a nutshell, uh, Bungie and 343 were created out of the separation from Microsoft. And so half of the team at Bungie, or more than half, or not as many, I don't know, a lot of the guys from Bungie stayed and made 343. Mm -hmm. Um, And then everybody else went over to make Destiny. And so there's a lot of brotherhood, sisterhood, 
every family hood, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, between the two studios, even to this day, like they love to play each other's games. Well, that's um, nice. Yeah. And so they're very, they're very much best friends and they love, you know, to support each other even to this day. So there's a lot of stuff that crosses over, but the really I love, interesting. I love uh, hearing stories about studios that are like that, that are just like, yeah, we're friends. So we're just going to like, like uh, Insomniac and Naughty Dog. They do that with uh Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter. There's a lot of like little crossover teasers between the two of those and, and the <laughs> PS2 era. Yeah, see, I didn't know that either. Yeah, well, they 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 worked. They were two studios. If if I got this right, there were two studios that worked next door to each other, and they would share. Be they would be like, "Oh, we found out this really uh, resource efficient way to do this. Do you mm-hmm. want it?" And they'd be like, "Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you." <laughs> and they would just like help each other out with like Crash Bandicoot, Spyro the Dragon, Ratchet and Clank. Uh, Oh, that's uh, cool. Jack and Daxter, et cetera, et cetera. I would love to believe that that they did that too at Bungie and three four three. But I know I know from what I from what I know, and I don't know anything, but from what I know about Microsoft, Microsoft doesn't let anybody touch any of their assets. <laughs> I mean th- there has to be some level of like um Microsoft is this is our secret sauce. Security. You can't have yeah. our secret sauce, you know? Yeah. Bungie's but not handing the, out their aim assist code to anyone that makes guns feel really good. Right. So no matter how the thing, here's the thing about here's the thing about Bungie and Destiny. The reason why Destiny has such a flawless first person shooter experience is because of the years that they built Halo on. Um, that, that it's unparalleled. There is no other game at all that can feel as good as the the first person shooter mechanics of Bungie Studios. Uh, they are the ones that created that that experience, and of course, it translated through Halo, and Halo just kept going. But so out of the two games, out of every game there is, as far as a FPS goes, Halo and Destiny. That's the only one. So the, if you if you ever wonder when you're playing Crucible or PvP or whatever, even you know, running around thinking, why does this feel so good? These gun mechanics, why does this HUD feel so good when you're playing? It's because of Bungie. They created that. I mean, that's their baby. That whole experience, that fluid motion, it doesn't stutter. It doesn't, you know, yeah. skip. it doesn't flip, trick, flap, flap, all that stuff that you get from other game titles like EA. I mean, even Titanfall, <laughs> as great as it is, it still has a lot of jitter. Hmm. And so it really takes you out of the experience, whereas Bungie has completely dialed in the FPS experience to a nice, fluid, smooth, and the and the time to kill is is great too. I know a lot of people don't like longer. Yeah, time I mean, to kills. yeah, people people have I different do. opinions. They like fast, they like long, whatever the, yeah. the case may be. Um, yeah. but so I I while while we were talking about that, I think I fixed. Well, I think I, I didn't fix it, but I think I made it so it will work without issue. So I'm going to check that. And uh, so it should be on screen now. Uh, can you check for me just to make sure? Yeah. Yeah. There's the okay. symbol. So this symbol here is what I was talking about earlier. Uh, this crescent with kind of like, it just looks like a fancy sword to me. Like when I, when I look at it, which is kind of what Osiris described it as. Hmm. And so, um, 
yeah i just wanted to show that or maybe this is her symbol some like vertical crown looking thing you know because he's he said it was at the top i just thought it was an interesting detail to add to the book cover this this unique symbol here if it wasn't meant to specify zivoreth's uh in particular oh yeah that makes sense well yeah i mean i mean nothing's i mean it's not nothing's not on purpose whatever okay so i gotta fix everything because it is still a mess it's not as good as i want it to be i <laughs> i, I, I caught it, a it came of it. in good uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's not, it's not, it's not what I'm going for. Updating OBS, man, that was such a headache. We need to do like a pre-show next time. I have to update that. One thing though, I want to, I got to reach for it. One thing I want to mention. We are talking about the crypto lifts, not the crypto glyph, and not yeah. the crypto con because yeah. Bungie <laughs> <laughs> crypto cron. Not because Bungie really likes that word. Crypto. Yeah. <laughs> it's cryptocurrency. With the hive. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with the hive. The cryptoglyph we we use at the lectern of enchantment on the moon, yeah. which yeah. seems to be generic hive, and the cryptolith is seemingly exclusively a Zevo Arath thing. But so uh let's get into the book. Yeah. And so this book is it's it's actually kind of one of the shorter ones. There's not like a lot of in in many of the books there's like a lot of like key details that could could easily be missed. And this is just kind of like setting the groundwork in my opinion. There's very there's very little um like secrets that they're they're hiding in plain sight. And so um as I said earlier, this book follows uh, Fallen. Uh, the first entry is called Catch. And so you're introduced to the character Kosis, who is a vandal. Uh, she used to belong to the House of Kings, but everything fell apart. And so she joined up with the spider. Uh, being joined up with the spider, she is the uh, true chief of an operation which goes out and scavenges uh things for him you know so they find a catch they go out to scavenge the catch and yeah. in the first century she insists on going in by herself and she goes in there and she finds like uh, a ceremonial washing bowl a child's musical instrument a cracked ceramic effigy yeah. of a servitor things like that and she she hides them and buries them to kind of like give the catch its dignity because she hasn't really given up on the society she remembered even though she abandoned the house right like she still is respectful yeah whereas per per what spider would have they don't give a shit those are valuable things that that can be sold why are you hiding them and not selling them you know right and she kind of feels like some things you know some personal items should not be yeah yeah and it's it's because even though the the fallen are doing what they have to do to survive. Some of them haven't given up that memory yet. And I, I think Kosas is an interesting uh, character. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. And I, and I like the, I like the, um, I like the empathy. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's nice. It, it almost reminds me of like, you know, finding a teddy bear in a battlefield, you know, reading, reading this book after season of the splicer is really interesting as well, because it, it goes through so, so much of, of the, the, like the hardships that, a, that Elixney had to deal with, because it's like, here are your options. Houses, which have proven to fail time and time again, eventually someone's going to get a big head and try to do something stupid. And then guardians yeah. are going to come in and take you out <laughs> yeah. or a spider who's a piece of shit and yeah. you really don't want to deal with him, but they don't seem to care what he's doing. Like he's actually doing illegal things, but no one's really stopping him. You know, just to pause for a second, spider as a character is really on the when you when you first look at him you think okay he's just a dirty uh, selfish pirate yeah and then when you learn about him your first thought is wow he really appreciates beautiful interesting things mm-hmm. revered things and you're like wow this is a, a man of culture and then you read even further and you go wait a minute no he just doesn't understand the value and he likes it just straight up for its face what he thinks mm-hmm. it's worth. And so he goes back to being this dirty pirate that you're kind of loathsome. Like just because just, just uh, an evil pirate likes art doesn't make him not an evil pirate. Yeah, because he doesn't even know why he likes the art. The only reason he likes the art is because he realizes its value. Yeah. Not even because he realizes its worth. Like mm-hmm. it, there's a difference between knowing a painting is worth millions of dollars and then having the same feeling towards that painting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. there's no, there's no like personal value in the painting. It's yeah. just, look at this painting. It's expensive. Yeah. Uh, Almost like cryptocurrency. Yeah. <laughs> so in um, the second entry rations, uh, Kosas and her team are out deep in the reef. One of her subordinates woke up in the middle of the night to take their shift, but heard whispers and followed them to a cave. In the cave, the, the member Savek saw a black, a small black tower, and this was the cryptolith. And it's kind of like how in the hunt missions you find it, and it's it's a small tower. It's it's not very flashy, but then you yeah. put down the lure and it, it's, it grows and it glows and yeah. yeah. It's almost like this crazy fluorescent green too. Yeah. They call it a sickly green in, in these entries. And so uh, in this entry as well, though, you get this, this look into what it's like being one of spiders fallen. Uh, once camp was established, each crew member received their ether ration uh, commensurate with their station. Savik tried not to hunger as she watched Kosis inhale three full portions of the life-giving essence, more than twice her own share. The spider had given them just two tanks, partly as a cost-saving measure and partly as an incentive to get the job done quickly. Like, the fallen are dying. They, they, they're out of options. Yeah. Yeah, they gotta <laughs> they gotta figure something out quick. And uh speaking of worth, that's the, the next entry. So Savik just found the cryptolith, and so Savik returns to camp and alerts Kosis to their finding. Kosis brought up brought out a small team of dregs to the cave, but what was once a dark formation is now glowing a sickly green. And so it's like the, the cryptolith is, is alive. It's 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 growing. It's it's something that's not natural, you know, or 
I'm not sure if not natural is the, the right phrase, but it's something that if, if you ever saw this in real life, you should not go near it. Right. Yeah. And then there's like, you know, there's like little, little words that pop up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The whispers haven't the, I mean, well, so Savik already heard the whispers coming from it. And so then when we, when we get to the end of this book, that's actually something that I, I do want to bring up. Um, but I'll save it for the end because it, okay. I feel like the context of everything uh, makes sure. it better. Um, and so entry four is return. Kosis disassembled and the, and the crew disassembled the cryptolith and planned to bring it back to spider as a special interest item. Kind of like how you were saying he has, he has an interest in, in these rare things, but just because they're rare, he doesn't give a shit about them. Right. Uh, and Savek and the other dregs returned from the cave and alerted her that the cryptolith had reformed itself. And when Kosis arrived, she tells them to leave, leave it and do not return. But the tower whispered an unheard counteroffer into her subconscious. Come see. Yeah. Don't, don't play with whispering things yeah like it's like it's like a metal substance it's like a plant metal and they're just like yeah it's talking to us now anything uh to add on that that entry no i don't want to spoil it okay uh so then entry five is whispers Savik is hearing the whispers from the cryptolith. She arrived at the cave in her sleep and can't focus on the work she's doing. The voice of the whisper was a strong one, but Savik doesn't know from who. And so the whispers are saying, seek the whispers. They are faint, but they are calling. The cutting word is a doorway, the first syllable of hated salvation, which I thought was interesting. I want to ask you about that. Um, yeah, I know. So, like, the first syllable of hated salvation. Yeah. Like, the cutting word is a doorway. Yeah. So, that sounds, that's very hive. You know, they were yeah. able to cut doorways into places. Uh-huh. But then the first syllable of hated salvation make me, makes me think what the pyramids said to us we are your salvation right like that's that's yeah. a that's a key word that gets thrown around in their context yep so i mean we know that i mean from what we've learned over the years we know that the darkness and like the darkness as an entity is rooted in, in whispering <laughs> like mm-hmm. i mean they love to whisper so it's like a, yeah, a running so. theme it's a running theme um so yeah, like if this is a hint to how the hive are manipulating their darkness, their darkness <laughs> mm-hmm. at at their core, then uh, yeah, I mean, it could very well be like almost like a sword cutting a doorway, opening your salvation to be joined with the hive, yeah, right? or this version of the hive, yeah. And then, so the next two whispers in this entry, uh, cleanse thyself of your de- decay, then the mind will be free to understand the value of transgression. And I think this one's really, really good in uh, suggesting the connections to the flood type of type of thing. Yeah. When imagined, your potential will infect and spread. So it's like, w- what's actually spreading? Like, 
the philosophy like are you saying that all the fallen are going to be worshiping Zivu Wrath? because that's what these are you know like we don't right. need to beat, a, beat around the bush on that the, the cryptoliths are tr- basically tribute towers to Zivu Wrath. yeah you know so yeah because we had um we had the fang mm-hmm as the um, artifact. Yeah, the Fang of Zivu Wrath was an artifact, which Osiris just had. Yep. For some like, reason. Here you go. Here, <laughs> I got this Fang. I got this tchotchke in a antique shop. Which I guess is okay. I mean, I guess it's not like out of the norm. I mean, we had like the Fang of Irute, you know. I mean, we well, that had, was a like... gun. That wasn't actually her Fang. Well, I mean, we killed her. We're allowed to have her Fang. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Well, what did what did Osiris do to end up? <laughs> he almost died. That's what he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he got a fang. Zivo Arath slapped me around. Here's her fang. <laughs> like she wasn't even there. It was it was it was the uh, the dude. Oh, it was. Uh, I already forgot his name. Yeah, me too. The dude, you know, I mean, the dude. Yeah, from that movie. Yeah. He he bowled a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Something about a chessboard. Yeah. And like a swing. And like flies above the chessboard. And then some singing opera woman. Oh, you've lost me. <laughs> it's the same movie. <laughs> Is it? I've only seen the movie once. I wasn't too into it. Oh. Okay. So anyway, uh, Osiris has a thing. And... We don't know how he got it per se, but was he special enough to get it? I don't think so. Hmm. Is he probably um, up to no good? He probably was at some point a lot up I mean, to no I, good. I think he still is personally. Although I, I also feel like maybe he's not. Maybe like this is like a huge misdirect. Misunderstanding. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just... He's like the Wizard of Oz. Don't look behind the curtain. And then yeah. you see he's just kind of like this broken man. Yeah, like he's, he's been he, putting up this charade. Osiris is not Savathun. He's he's just grieving. Sagira died. Like he's yeah, allowed to be a little a weird point. right now. That's a good point. It, it's it's nice too because like this um this book kind of it played with remember at the time this is when we got Crow. Yeah. So this this book kind of gives you a little bit of a backstory as to how we would have ended up with Crow. Mm-hmm. Like just because it's a parallel like okay there's there's fallen out there running around uh looking for things obviously for for spider and then you know they end up finding the crow. So it kind of gives you like a little tie back to that too. Yeah, Crow Crow is a a rare thing that they brought back to spider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a possession, dude. Yeah. But he ends up being, anyway, he ends up being pretty important for taking on this yeah. uh, new, new new brood of hive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that brings us to the next entry, uh, entry six, Sacrifice, where the work isn't getting done quick enough and Kosas has to decide whether to either to return with less salvage or let some of her crews starve. Uh, she notices the lack of sound and knows where they are. So she arrives at the cave and they don't even notice her. Uh, one turns to speak 
One turns and speaks like the whirlwind, and she kills him, extending their rations for three days. So the entry, uh, the part of the entry I'm talking about there is, several of them turned and stared at her quizzically. They seemed confused. The smallest dreg and newest to her crew stood up. He approached her calmly, his voice the howl of the whirlwind. Those born only to live cannot see eternity, nor are they welcome here. If you dwell on that which is beyond your grasp, you. And then she shoots him, killing him, cutting him off. And I really want to know what else he was going to say, because right. it, it basically sounds like Zivu gospel, you know? It does. Those born only to live cannot see eternity. Like, that's very hive. You know, you have to kill. You have to, to live forever. You have to keep feeding your worm. So then, okay. So then those born only to live, and then silence, right? So, like, yeah. killed. Almost kind of so, doing, almost kind of doing what they said. And so I was wondering, with his voice, the howl of the whirlwind being how they phrased it. Do you think uh, during the whirlwind, other Elixir experience like translate states like this? Like this is something that they know about. Like has happened. I don't, I don't know what that means. You know, my first, my first impression in that. Uh, word is I, I go back to D1 Grimoire and the only thing I can first think of is you know the killing word mm. um, and it just makes me wonder like is he saying that the whirlwind was a part of that little tieback like the, what caused the whirlwind was the killing word and well I mean was... at the whirlwind Oryx was at the whirlwind exactly but like did he have that power of the you know, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, that's the first thing that comes up. Like, what would that even mean? His, well, vo- his, his voice was the howl of the whirlwind. Yeah. Or is it just him saying, I am so mad that all of my rage that's coming out of my voice is from the culmination of all of the bad things that happened at the whirlwind and I'm screaming. I kind of I kind of take it to mean like it's like a darkness gospel type of thing. Well, see, like, I almost, I almost felt like it's either literal or metaphorical, and so oh, I like, think it has meta- to be metaphorical. Well, like I thought, if it was metaphorical, it would just be all of the angst and torment and horror that he witnessed at the whirlwind is coming out of him right now in this fit of rage or like this feeling. Well, he's he's the youngest, right? The newest to the the smallest drag, newest to the crew. Uh, I guess newest to the crew doesn't mean he's not old. I don't think he was there though. I don't think there's many. Elixni who have survived the whirlwind left alive. You know, I think most of them are shipborn or soulborn, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, so that's why my mind originally went back to like, you know, the killing word. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I think it's just like they have I'm 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 saying I think during the whirlwind there might have been Elixni who were kind of like persuaded by the darkness right like they were like oh yeah i get it i'm on board and so during the whirlwind it wasn't an immediate event it was an ongoing event event. yeah Yeah. and you have that makes that makes perfect sense because you know we've learned in the fallen lore now that that very much happened Mm -hmm. that a lot of the fallen fell to um whatever it was that was over there during the whirlwind and a lot of them fell to the darkness so whatever that meant they're not telling us, but whatever that meant per se. Yeah. So, so, so it sounds, it's, it kind of sounds to me like what they're saying is like, even though it only happened to however many, 
the the story of it spread throughout the fallen so to to have someone speak those yeah. born only to see, cannot see eternity nor are welcome here if you dwell on that which is beyond your grasp blah, blah, blah. it's it's like very much like oh my god they're 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 speaking in darkness verses so that's the voice of the howl of the whirlwind and that makes me think would this elixney would these elixney be considered whirlwind touched which was a phrase thrown out for Namrask that he was whirlwind touched world smoke sword. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good, that's a good thought. Yeah. They could definitely do something with that. That's for sure. And, uh, then we go on to entry seven, which is sword. Uh, and you know everything is happening you know it's all it's all terrible and kosas reflects on how far the elixir have fallen and thinks about her lost children and what they'd think of her now she sees savik alone and when she tells her that savik's shift isn't over savik lunges at kovis and wielding kovis's sword and kills her uh kills kovis Kovis's last thoughts were of the Kell of Kells and then nothing. And uh, so I feel like that's pretty concrete that Savek has become Wrathborn. Yeah, absolutely. So, so like the fall of uh, Savik was through that sword that. <laughs> You know, the oh. I've loved to speak in these ways. And actually, you want to know something crazy? Because uh. it, it just occurred to me. Savek absolutely is a Wrathborn because we killed Savek as a Wrathborn. They were huge. Yeah, I remember that. They were the one at uh, Shur's grave. Yeah, that was that was crazy. So what was that about? Savik went from a dreg to the size of an archon. Mm-hmm. Because I guess it that's that's another thing about the fallen is how they get big <laughs> when they're fed. Yeah. <laughs> Beat a fallen and they just get bigger. So so what do you want to unpack from that part? Because if um so the Wrathborn, this is showing how the Wrathborn um, have, you know, it's not like a taken, right? It's not like a taken where Oryx just takes. It's almost like, it's almost like, here's this thing. Would you like to have it? Listen mm-hmm. long enough and then you'll just end up being consumed by it. Right? Yeah. And created anew. Savek. Definitely uh, heard, heard Zivu's words, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, we actually have um, uh, dialogue from from Crow, uh, a salvage dreg named Savak. We'd worked together a few times out on the shore. I tried to get through her to reach the Savak. I reached the Savak I knew, but she fought so hard to free herself that she nearly tore one of her arms off. I didn't know what else you know, to do, so I gave her what piece I could. Yeah, by killing. So that's funny. 
I never put that together. Like I remember reading that, but I never put that together. Like that because yeah. I read all the I read all the Lauren. I mean, I read. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, we always read everything, but you know, not it's not like Bungie's releasing it with like footnotes saying this yeah. is the person from here. You know, we would be the ones that have to do that. It's such a tangled web. Um, yeah. So when you. <laughs> Uh, and that brings us to our last entry, though. Unless, did you have something else to say? No, go. Uh, the last entry is eight, and it's called Unmade. Uh, Savek supplicates before the obelisk. It looms over her, listing from the cave entrance into the bruise-colored sky. Its black middle surface rides and undulates like worm flesh. It whispers victory and transcendence. And so it's 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 a really good entry. I think th- I think this one's probably yeah, like this is a good one. This is this is the entry. You know, everything was just the setup for this entry, and so yeah. the 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 uh, cryptolith whispers to claim evolution. One must be unmade. The throb of ether courses through her prone form. She can feel the longing itch of her arm stumps that yearn for regrowth. Sickly sweet ether leaks from her body, mixing with that of her crewmates. And the whispers, flesh and mind are but cages, become unbound or remain ever unworthy. Savik's claws dig convulsively into the grainy dirt as her body ruptures. Her skin gives a gristly rip as her viscera expands beyond its confines. The thick glow of ether is joined by another more ravenous force. Plasm spurts. Plasm? Is that a word? I mean, if it is, it's a typo. Yeah. Plasm spurts from connective tissues as their body swells, molting and regrowing in an eruption of chitin. So that's another interesting thing. Uh, the chitin is a is a very much hive aspect. You know, the yeah. the, the, the dreadnought is is made from the the chitin of ground up enemies. You know, mm. like your pri- uh, whispers again your prison of the flesh is being unmade your mind freed such glories do not come easy allow the flesh to give of itself that it may surrender to the coming evolution, evolution yeah. they're kneeling right. before her new god Savik's mind is broken and remade in continuous motion she watches as her memories are deconstructed into images without association she observes her identity identity dissected into the unknowable motives of a stranger she watches herself transform from it she into it uh more whispers you will know through the pain through the fear there is no longer a you that was only what comes next and all the pain to follow as the old self falls away there will only be suffering it raises its head for the first time and it finds the tower like the tower likewise transformed. The black spire opens like a birthing cavity, <laughs> yawing <laughs> forth a new realm. The breach draws the creature into it, a massive cathedral hall with malachite suns rolling overhead. Here the whispers are all-consuming. As the old self falls away, there will only be suffering. There will only be suffering. Only suffering. So... The concept of being unmade is not a new concept to the Destiny universe. In fact, it was integral in becoming a shadow of yore. Which is crazy. 
Yeah, that's kind of freaky, man. Because, um, well, the shadows of your were following in. They were the- following your, and yeah. so it it kind of makes me wonder, like, how much of Rezel Azir was unmade into Dredgen Yor. No longer she, but it. Yeah. You know, or it, she uh, she watches herself transform from she into it. It's exactly as it was as it was called. And like, you know, there's that entry where uh Yor is talking to his ghost and he's the ghost still calls him Rezel and he's like, I'm that's not who I am anymore. And it right. it's like yeah, you can rename yourself, but does that actually mean anything? But it would if your was unmade into something else. Okay, so here's here's what I got out of the unmade. Just real quick, it's mm-hmm. uh, the way that the trans because this is a, a this is like a this is a paragraph of transformation and what it's like to become unmade, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, in a nutshell, what's happened is there's a transformation. A, happening and um, the way that they describe it it almost shows you how you lose everything you were before by becoming or in in the process of becoming something new Mm -hmm. and the way they describe it in here is very much uh, becoming a part of whatever the darkness is that drives the hive right because you're no longer you you're a part of it you are it and this word "it" has come up in uh, lore a bunch of times. As a darkness, I I just thought of something else that I want to say. So when you finish, yeah, now. yeah. So, um, but it, it it it's neat because when you when you learn about the hive, you you know that their whole existence is pain and suffering, but that feeds them. To them, it's almost like this insatiable hunger, this need to go on and devour, uh, to you know, to grow, and so there is it's almost like there's this insane amount of pleasure from what they're doing to one another and to and to their enemies uh by consuming what's around them and so that pain and suffering becomes a part of who they are and that constant devouring need but it also is neat because all of the hive are connected by this one you know uh, almost consciousness, but not really. Like they all share. Like when you when you hear uh, in the lore about how uh, Galron puts on the helmet, and then all of a sudden he sees with how many eyes, like a million yeah. eyes, and it's basically him being connected throughout all of the hive. Right? They're, they're so all individual, but they're like metaphysically connected somehow. Yes, there it is. And so that reminds me, that also reminds me of Halo 2 with the flood, because <laughs> mm-hmm. the grave mind does the same thing. He makes everybody connected. But anyway, uh, so that it entity, um, I, almost, I almost feel like they're purposefully playing with that concept right here and now, because they want to show you what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway. So... Uh... As as we're talking about it, you made me realize. Uh, so let me actually reread the important part. Uh, there, kneeling before her new god, watches herself transform from she into it. Blah, blah blah, and then it whispers, "You will know through the pain, through the fear. There is no longer a you that was. Only what comes next, and to that, and all the pain to follow." And so, basically, saying like this 
and and uh before that there was the uh the throb of ether courses through her prone form she can feel the longing itch of her arms stumps uh convulsively split plasma spurts connective tissue uh uh you know just like all these like painful gross almost like dissolving aspects of their body right like things are bursting out of her right yeah and so and then the chitin grows around yeah and so uh what that kind of made me think and where i actually thought you were gonna go with it for a second there what that made me think of was how a butterfly is created you know you have the the the, i was gonna say the caterpie you have the caterpillar You have the caterpillar and it makes the, the cocoon or the chrysalis, whatever the hell yeah. the, the proper term is. And basically it dissolves in that chrysalis, which looks like the oh, cryptolith, which yeah, looks and actually kind of sounds like a cryptolith. And then they are reborn as whatever they are reborn chrysalis. as. <laughs> cryptolith. Chrysalis. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just a chrysalis with a lisp. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, I could see that. Here's here's the kicker. You ready for this? I'm going to put it on screen. Oh god. This is what the hive originally were. Yeah, the moth people. The moth creatures. Yeah, I know. And I love how they put little moths here and there, little light moths on yeah, the dreadnought. That's like that's how they that's how they like uh homage it. Yeah. Here's another one. Uh, these ones are much less mothy. I'm not sure if this is even death. Oh, I, I know it's destiny. This must have been like the transitional to hive because it's all yeah. smoky. But, yeah, uh, but this see is, that this one is on really the very good. bottom left? That looks like uh, that one looked like a mud. That just looks like a rock. Yeah, but that's what they look like when they're carrying all the baby flood. Oh, oh, okay. So this looks like flood then. Yeah, almost. It, yeah. it gives me like a flood feel. But yeah, these these moth designs, people are always saying like, oh, where are the moths, blah, 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 bring back the moth yeah. people. And it's always like, they're the hive. And it's like, when you look at these, these are super badass and you can completely understand why a game is like, yeah, and this is going to be an enemy race and look at all these variants that there are. And then it's yeah. like, now let's make these into 3D models. And it's like, oh, well, that can't actually <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> it's gonna too cost much. a million dollars yeah it's i know <laughs> too much yeah and it, it's a shame that it's a shame that you can't just snap your fingers and make a game because bungie sure. would make an, um, the best game ever i'm sure but you know um they had to do what they had to do but it, it really sounds like that they haven't given up this like core concept of yeah. moth creature because it, it sounds like that's what Safek went through. This this transformation of I almost said it again, caterpillar uh into moth creature. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. That that metamorphosis. Yeah, metamorphosis. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, dude, it's still doing that thing again. I forgot to fix it. I meant to fix it. That's my bad. Uh, if anyone uh, listening wants to look it up, just look up Destiny Moth Creatures, and I'm sure you'll find it. Yeah. It's cool stuff. The The concept art for this game is beautiful, and, and, I, and I can't help but stare at it sometimes for, you know, hours it's, on end. 
it's one of those things, you know, where it was like, man, can you imagine if Bungie, instead of making a, a first person FPS, MMO, open world, shoot, shared world shooter, whatever the, the, the buzzwords they like to use for it. If instead of that, they were, they went like this, like indie action platformer route, like side scrolling action platformer where it's like, yeah, it's yeah. a pixel, <laughs> but then you get the really cool art and you're like, oh my God, that's so cool. Looking. And it's like, yeah. you can have it. Chris Barrett could have done that. Yeah. No, he sure. likes doing that, right? He does the, the pixel art stuff. Yeah, he still does. He he he, he produces uh pixel um characters. Yeah, like like uh like kits to like kind of yeah. like uh I don't want to say shortcut. No, it's it's like they're um they're called sprites. And yeah. sprites are like these little pixel characters with like uh, GIF animations mm-hmm. that tied to them, and yeah, so, like the walking animation, the jumping animation, the attacking yeah, animation, yeah, yeah. And that's what that's I mean. Same. That's why I don't, I don't want to call it a shortcut. But it's like if you're like an indie dev, it might just mm-hmm. be more efficient to be like, we're just right. gonna buy this pack of sprites pack, that look yeah. really good, and then use them in your game, and then yeah. you have the rights to. It. He also does um, some cool eight bit music too. I bought one of them. I oh, like that's this. cool. Sometimes I to tune out and just listen to eight bit music, hmm. not for any like pretentious reasons other than it just sounds cool listening to uh uh Gucci. <laughs> i don't even know what that is <laughs> you should you should check them out it's a it's a uh what what do they call it chip hop okay it's it's 8-bit music i've listened to some 8-bit music um yeah. not anything that i like cared to really I, I I've about. liked I've liked some I, I'm pretty sure it's Anamanaguchi. I've liked some of their music, but I mean I have to be in the mood for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's that nostalgia. You know, it's like that that thing. It, it it instantly sounds recognizable from something that you experienced before. So you feel like, oh, I'm gonna listen to this because I'm I'm feeling nostalgic, right? You know, chip nostalgia is, nostalgia is a double edged sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. Bungie. <laughs> yeah, thanks Bungie. yeah but i mean it, it, it's funny because like we we constantly harken back to the good old days right which we and, and people say this all the time you know rose tinted glasses right we always look through the past mm-hmm. uh in this like oh that was so much better back then but if you really were back then you would be complaining about the same things mm-hmm. not to mention you'd probably be like wow this sucks why are we not yeah. getting this out of this or that you forget that, all the pain that that's that that is um that's like a secret to happiness right there because you look back at something that you like you enjoyed it you enjoyed it like 80 20 but you spent that 20% that disenjoying 20% you spent more time being vocal focusing on that 20% yeah. but 5 years later you're not going to remember the 20% you're going to remember the 80 and it's like so why if you don't like something who who gives a shit yeah that's you know i try really hard to kind of adopt that same um, mindset yeah and 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 maybe this is just my wisdom speaking but it took me a really long time Mm -hmm. to get to a point where uh because i've always been the type of personality that is always looking forward like waiting for the next thing Mm -hmm. always Mm-hmm. living in the future and not really enjoying what's right now right and never and i and i was one of those people that never really looked back and thought oh that was awesome that was the best time ever i just Same. i always <laughs> i spent so much time looking back on things thinking man i could have done this or that could have been cool or 
what if I did that instead? You know, and it, mm-hmm. and it took a really long time for me to break that, that cycle of behavior because yeah. it very much can be destructive, self-destructive. And so, you know, I see it everywhere and, and it's prevalent everywhere and people are susceptible to the same thing. And I don't look down on anybody for experience what I used to be uh, like, you know, uh, I just know that I'm in a better place now than yeah. I was before. But what I, what I hope for people is, and, and one of the things I wish I could help people understand is that the best thing to do is focus on the things that give you joy. Now mm-hmm. have those little moments of pleasure, open yourself up to what's in front of you and what's around you because they're going to go by so fast. And then you're going to be in the future wishing, Oh man, and it's not regret. You're just going to be like, Oh wow. I, I wish I spent a little bit more time doing that, you know, or remember that time I said I was too busy to do this. You know, I could have done it. Mm-hmm. could have made it. I could have made time for it, you know, because it, it, it goes by really quick, yeah. especially especially when you're focused so much on the future. The present just slips through your fingers. Mm-hmm. And wow. so for destiny going for it and so for players, you know, crying about this or crying about that or being upset with the way things are now. Yeah. Find what gives you pleasure in the game right now. and and have fun with it. And yeah. if you don't play something else for yeah. a little while. And I mean, I, I don't, I I've seen it a few times where like, like people I follow on Twitter, like they, they voice their opinion and they're not like, like whining about it. They're just saying like, Hey, you know, like this is kind of having this effect. And, you know, I think it would be better. Like they're very constructive about it. They're very like polite about it. They're not being assholes or anything. And then people just attack them. They're like, how dare you, and that's that's the other extreme, right? Where exactly. it's just like an ultimate complacency where it's like, don't ever want anything to be better. Accept ex- exactly what you get and never and never be like, hey, it would be a little better if it was more like this. And it, as long as right. you're doing it in the right ways and you're not just harping on it every second of every day, it's fine to have like a criticism. It's good to have a criticism. It is. It's, it is, it's it is good grow. to have a criticism. It's got to be constructive, right? You get yeah. constructive criticism instead of And even if it's just this activity makes me feel frustrated and it's like this is why it makes me feel frustrated whether it's like uh master vault of glass master is that the the, whatever the high rank vault of glass is like master (laughs) vault of glass makes me feel frustrated because the loot incentive is not there that's constructive criticism it's you know you you can (laughs) and i and i feel i feel for people because um um you know my empathy kicks in when i think of how passionate the the yeah. destiny community is and i and i really i i am proud to be a part of a community that is so passionate about so many of the aspects of this 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 universe that mm-hmm. Bungie has created and um so whether that be just the mechanics of the game or you know trials pvp or the lore or just mm-hmm. running around and shooting aliens on different planets and getting to immerse yourself in the game um whatever gives you joy in the game. I, I'm glad that so many people are so passionate about it because honestly, I can't, I can't think of any other game in its community that has, has been this way mm-hmm. in, in all of the games that I've ever played or, or witnessed people play. Like I know there are, you know, passionate people. I know that there are 
extremes left and right on every issue of other games like call of duty people get you know insanely upset about that game and Mm. defend it to the core you know i mean like there's tons of discourse everywhere no matter what it is but as far as um destiny goes i just haven't seen it on this scale (laughs) yeah ever uh and so i i think that the it would be it would be beneficial to get what people want by taking that passion and directing it in a much more positive mm-hmm. way or in a much more constructive way. Like mm-hmm. you don't even have to be positive because that could be toxic too. Just yeah. take it and make it constructive. Yeah. You know? Build something and, out of it. Don't tear it down. Yeah. And it's just ultimately don't, don't just live on that, you know, don't exclusively feel like it is your burden to bear to, to, to criticize, you know, it's not yeah. enjoy what you enjoy but if there is something, say like say it and be done with it. Exactly. Like that's all it needs. It, it just needs to be. It just needs a light, you know, shine on it. Like yeah. here, look at this. Look at this issue real quick. Hopefully, you can do something about it. And let's move on because I'd rather I'd rather spend most of my time enjoying this shit than <laughs> trying yeah. to tear it down. But, yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, we went on a tangent again. We did. That's what we we, we have one last piece here. So that book was very much following Fallen, as I said at the start. And there was Immolent Part 2, which was following Osiris and his discovery of the cryptoliths. So this is really short. I just or Immolent Part 2 is not short, but I wrote up a, a summary for it and I I I, I took out uh one one uh string of lines that I, th- I thought was pretty important. Basically, Osiris intercepts a signal from Keitel, hinting her arrival to the system while watching the Cabal on the Tangled Shore. They were collected in a shelter of decommissioned drop pods, and they were actually members of Keitel's uh, Blue Legion. All of them were huddled around a cryptolith. Uh, after hours, days, whatever it was, half of the Cabal leave and the other nine stay, leaving an opening for Osiris and Sagira to go in, and just like with Kosis, the Cabal don't notice them at first, and so Sagira was able to go right up to the cryptolith and scan it, and uh, from scanning it, we have text from uh, Zivu Arath, and I'm not sure if Sagira or Keitel or, or the Cabal or Osiris heard it, but it basically goes, I am the war you crave, purpose eternal, a legacy in blood, and then Sagira says, it's full of soul fire veins. And uh, she nudges him. So actually, so maybe it is being heard by Osiris. Yeah, okay, because he actually says, "Do you hear the whispers?" Uh, then Zivu says, "When your blade draw, when you draw blades, you draw me." He says, "Do you hear the whispers? You cannot resist without invoking my banner." You're hearing something. Sigura floats near him. Embrace me, light bearer, and be a god of death. And then he says he's hearing whispers. Uh, one of the cabal stands and turns to Osiris. Snap out of it. They're waking up, Sagira says, and decompiles out of danger. Consume or be consumed. So basically, Zivu is directly talking to these cabal. And Osiris comes in and she's like, kill these cabal. You'll be a god of death. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. I wonder, mm. I wonder if these whispers in Osiris, like... Like, let's say you have two poss- three possibilities now. You have okay. Osiris is grieving, Osiris okay. is Savathun, and now 
Osiris is rising to become a god of death of the Hive Pantheon. Interesting. Because I, I feel like these whispers had a toll on him. You know, he he kills the Cabal and all of their deaths feed Zivor Wrath. And not wanting to let it go, they go to speak to Spider about what he knows about the Cryptoliths, and he informs them that they're made by the Hive, but that the Hive on the Tangled Shore are Oryxes, and that Oryx's worm's skeleton is still alive. That skeleton was partially uh, part of the Dreadnought. Uh, they go out to the Dreadnought and learn it's Zivor Wrath who's causing all of this now and coming to ruin her sister's schemes. Zivu was able to be present from the Cryptoliths and was able to draw tribute from the enemies Osiris killed and the, uh, God, I, I, I almost had him. The guy, the dude. The dude. The big bad from Hunt that we chase in and out of the Ascendant Realm. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. There are so many names to remember, though. I know, that's insane. Yeah, uh, he kills Sagira. And that's that opening that everyone thinks is, is oh, and that's when, and then he died too, and he became the god, he became Savathun, and it's like, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's possible. Thinks that, yeah. I mean, but, it could be, it could be, it could not be. I think, like, I think option three is actually more likely now that I've said it out loud, because so if if Zivorath was like, hey, I'm going to make this guy into a, a, a god of war, he's going to be a member of my team. And then she has her her subordinate kill his ghost. Osiris was very much like one of us can make it out of here. You get out of here and go tell them. And she's like, no, I'm, you know, Hawkmoon, Black Widow, I'm going to die. And you you go back. And Osiris is part of me thinks Osiris knew what was happening to him and that it was already too late that the whispers have, have rooted inside him. And he was like, Sagira, get out of here. Cause I can't be trusted, but he didn't right. say those words. And now Sagira died and Osiris lived because Zivu planted that seed. And now yeah. she knows where Osiris is going to go. Interesting. So that that's, that's what I'm saying. Well, you know that that's. Um, I know this is jumping ahead and way off in, into another part of the lore, but that that goes into that uh, one part of the lore where um, it's mentioning witnessing the ghost reviving a guardian and knowing what mm -hmm. to do next, which, right? which was a uh, Sabathun. Yeah, yeah, and so. Um, like our enemies have learned how our mechanics work over the over the course of destiny um the 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 vex could all of a sudden see our light remember we saw the um you know with osiris uh, in the vault of glass and all of a sudden mm -hmm. the vex became aware of his light so yeah, all the of vex the, are getting smarter the, yeah so they were getting smarter they're learning and um the cabal learned how to you know trap our light to use it against us and the hive are learning how we're using our light so i mean mm -hmm. our enemies are figuring us out <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we we can only have it be this way for so long you know they're gonna find our weakness it's a war of attrition and uh -huh. and theoretically we could we could hold out forever but i mean clearly that's not the case yeah I, I have a sneaking suspicion that Mara knew this all along. Hmm. And um, 
she's I almost feel like she's caught in a in a circle because when it makes me think about how <laughs> it 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 always does this. I don't know why, but it always makes me think about when we had the the epic space battle and she shoots the harbingers at the um dreadnought and mm-hmm. uh, yeah and, and all of that yeah and all of that happened and she closes her eyes you know to to brace for for the 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 wash <laughs> the whitewash i don't know what it's called the the big explosion that just destroyed us everything when she's standing there with her um uh tech witches this is an awesome scene uh, but it always makes me go back to that and think about because she know she knew for so long that so many so much of this was just doomed to happen regardless of of what they were doing. Uh, and I guess my point is um, knowing that you can't do anything about it and it's inevitable. Like prolonging it is not really helping. Uh, so like at some point there's got to be a point where you just fight. You can't just run forever. Yeah. So that the reason why I bring that up is that it kind of makes me feel like a lot of these moments that, that happen in the lore are almost the same, like almost that experience. Like you're, you've come to that realization that crap, you know, everything I've done to try to run away is not working. And now I've, got to face it head on and so osiris is kind of in that position yeah and however the timey night timey wimey whatever you want to call it (laughs) time skip jump here go there don't go here don't go there however Mm -hmm. that works uh we know that osiris was mentioned in um early on in d1 uh in the you know the what was it the hellmouth the pit of the whatever the the pit of heresy uh the pit in the hellmouth the darkness what was it called everything comes from the same source blah 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 oh speech. yeah 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 his his old thing uh all all ends come from the same pit or something like that yes yeah so uh having osiris have that knowledge and then him try to run away to escape because he doesn't want to he doesn't want to create a future where we are ultimately defeated. He wants to, he wants to remove himself from the equation because he has had these visions or foresights of the future that could potentially happen. So he has to be cryptic and run away and try to find a way to get to, to keep that from happening Mm -hmm. for us. And so here we are today um, having this realization that we have that the only way to propel us any further is to kind of adopt the ways of the darkness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we are, you know, we're using the darkness powers, which, yeah, I mean, we're already at that point. We're already using it. You're absolutely right. And the crow, the crow is here. The hunt. <laughs> what? The crow. The crow is here and you know he helped us with the hunt and now he's yeah. here in the freaking tower. Yeah. Without his mask on. Is he without his mask? I thought yeah, he was he still wear wearing it. No, he doesn't wear it anymore. Oh, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the CDC is saying that he might have to put it back on soon, so and yeah. Hopefully he does. 
for the sake of others at least yeah all right well i think that's uh our show for this week we we've covered everything that was written in our our notes for this episode because like i said i thought it would uh, we might have it we might have to do a two-parter we can we can talk about it there there is the wild hunt armor sets which Mm -hmm. uh what is that 15 entries that all kind of focus on the cryptoliths even more but i think i think we we covered the gist of it we might just not want to sit on it for for weeks and weeks and weeks just like what was it trials and tribulations yeah oh that, that i'm sorry for anyone that listens that one dragged <laughs> <laughs> so uh um, a lot will, to unpack though yeah it, there was a lot in that book it was important yeah um we'll be back on the 15th unless any uh known issues about the 15th no Unless you yeah. want to do it sooner, we can just come back sooner. <laughs> no, fifteenth <laughs> is is fun. <laughs> okay. Um. So then we'll we'll uh we'll alert on our Twitter what the next episode's topic will be. Uh, or we're we're gonna backtrack a bit, try to get some of the um, the the seasons that we kind of skipped over uh done. So we saw like a bunch of stuff from season of the chosen. We can actually talk about Empress. That'd be a good one because that has a little bit of Zivu as well. And it's more direct yeah. Zivu stuff. Cause I'm yeah. confident like Zivu will be mentioned. I, I, I'm not saying that we're going to fight her, but I think like she's going to be a topic next season. You know, because it's yeah. it's so focused on Savathun, but Zivu keeps appearing every time. I, you know, yeah. I I just can't I can't overlook it. But uh, yeah, so our show, our our Twitter at Loose Cannon Show on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us. You can set us a notification. We only tweet about the show. We we won't bombard you with uh, random things going on. Uh, same time every other week, unless something comes up, which seems to be pretty frequently lately. <laughs> <laughs> if you came in late, uh you can find us on uh anywhere with podcasts. Just look up loose cannon and we'll be there. All right. Bye everybody. Bye.